The Guardian. Hello again, I'm Michael White with The Guardian's Daily Election Podcast. I'm in perhaps the most beautiful setting I've been in all this election. A lovely Cotswold town with hanging baskets and a parish church with a lovely green and Cotswold stone houses uh, from the 21st century back to the 16th and 17th. Lovely old shops, expensive London chains like Debenham and Monsoon, as well as fierce little independents making lovely buns and cafes. What an idyllic place this is, and guess whose constituency it is. He's a lucky man, this chap. It's David Cameron's. I'm here in Whitney uh, on the last leg of a campaign in which most of the polls suggest uh, the local MP is about to become uh, Prime Minister. Being Mr Cameron, of course, as always, he's attracted a lot of publicity, not here in Whitney. We've only seen a few Vote Cameron posters, the only part in the country where you, where you can say Vote Cameron, not Vote Tory, but he's also attracted a lot of candidates uh, who are looking for a bit of publicity off the back of his fame, uh, ten of them in all, uh, and uh, they include uh, the Wessex Regional Party, the Monster Raving Looney Party, UKIP of course, and uh, a clutch of independents. We're going to talk to them and we're going to talk to uh, the voters of Whitney and see what uh, they think about it all. Uh, do you know Mr Cameron? And you approve of him? I'm not yes, oh him, yes, yes. And is he a Tell him it's about time you visited Riverside Gardens. Right, well, uh, I'm sure he's got a lot on his plate, but we'll do it. Anyway, I admire that young man and he'll, he'll do us good. Do you know which way you're going to vote? Yeah, I've always voted Labour and I shan't change. You shan't change. No. And, but David Cameron's the MP, so presumably he's going to win here. He probably will win, but I should still vote Labour. You've had some fancy uh, uh, MPs in Whitney. You had Douglas Heard, the Foreign yeah. Secretary, a few years ago. Yeah, I knew we knew Douglas Heard quite well. Because uh, I was born at Alverscott. Yes. And he used to uh, live at Alverscott. He had the old rectory. Yep. My mum used to clean for him. Oh, well. So, yeah, we, I knew him quite well. Was he a nice man? Very nice. A uh, gentleman stopped here with a very green bicycle. It's got green posters on it. He's wearing a green lapel which says Green Party. Are you by chance a supporter of the Green Party, sir? Not just a supporter, I'm the Green Candidate. He's the Green Candidate, we're in luck. Uh, <laughs> can you introduce yourself? I'm Stuart MacDonald. I'm the Green Candidate in the Whitney constituency. And how tough is it being a, a green in Whitney? It's a very green constituency by the look of the fields and uh, the countryside today. It's tough being a green politically anyway. A small party has very, 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 very great difficulty getting any sort of coverage at all from the media. Well, that's our fault, isn't it? Um, well, partly, yeah. Yes, partly. And I'm going to get you off the road here. We don't want the green candidate killed. Um, so what, in a seat like this, you'd have double trouble because you're up against uh, uh, David Cameron. Well, we've got a certain challenge here. Our aim is to reduce David Cameron's majority. We can how much? He got 49.8% of the vote in uh, 2005. The Greens got 3.1% of the vote. Our aim, though, is to reduce that majority significantly. We argue that David Cameron, uh, vote for David Cameron is really a wasted vote. He's going to get in here. But if we can reduce that majority, well, that sends rather a powerful message. It says to the man who will probably be the new Prime Minister, watch it, uh, green votes matter, and we'll be watching what you do about all sorts of subjects. He has tried on green issues, hasn't he, to shift his party, to uh, modernise its uh, uh, green sceptic outlook? I think he would probably like to be green. He may even be green at heart. But one worries about the sort of people behind him, the people who are pulling the strings. And constituency 
problems if you one was to say resident of Whitney, which I imagine you are, you know, what would be the number one for citizens of the town of all parties? What what worries them? I think the main problem is. Um I was going to say David Cameron, that's probably uh, unfair. Although many people do object to the constant photo calls. Uh, I remember when we were flooded here, my own house was flooded, and have David Cameron outside with dozens of press photographers uh, taking a photo opportunity and saying how much he cares, and then moving off instantly to Africa. That, That was insulting. If you go down that road, you'll find nothing but green posters. You won't find a single Cameron poster. Why that road in particular? That's a low-lying area of Whitney, that's why. Oh, the flooded area, <laughs> Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. We got you. OK, thank you very much. <laughs> OK, my name's Paul Wesson. I live in Carterton in West Oxfordshire. I'm standing as an independent in Whitney because when I made the decision, there were no local candidates standing at all. All we had were people from outside the constituency, Joe Goldberg from London for Labour, Dawn Barnes from London for Liberal Democrats, David Cameron who lives in London for the Conservatives, Nikolai Tolstoy from Wantage for UKIP, and I felt there should be a strong local candidate. And what have you found the response from people who, um, who you canvass in the street? Um, I'm getting a certain amount of sympathy. I've been established in the area for quite a long time because I was a district councillor here for four years. I was a town councillor in my own town for eight years. I was a non-executive director of the local primary care trust. And so... So you've got credentials? I've I've got very strong local credentials, yes. What are the issues here? Um... The issues for, for everybody at the moment is really the economy, but um, I'm a libertarian. I tend to think that some of the other issues which people are ignoring are just as important, such as the identity cards and the issues of personal freedom and individual freedoms, because I think the present government has limited our freedoms considerably and we are no longer the same people we were a few years ago. And I did actually fight the last general election um, rather foolishly um, for UKIP. Where? Here. Oh, why was it foolish? Um, I hadn't really thought through what I was doing. I'm very Eurosceptic, very anti the European Union and I was actually persuaded over a pint of beer to be their candidate. I had to join the party. Oh, bad mistake, joining parties uh, over, over a pint of beer. Now, UKIP is saying to some of its candidates, the local Tory is so Eurosceptic, we want you to stand down or we want UKIP supporters to vote for him. We were in Sittingbourne, Kent yesterday and that was the situation. Doesn't Cameron meet that test for you? He's been pretty tough on the Brussels. Um, no, Cameron, uh, well, it's up to UKIP, obviously, to make their own decisions. I would argue the UKIP candidate should actually stand aside and allow all the votes to come to me. He's come from outside the constituency. He fought Barnsley and he's fought one teach three Tolstoy? times. Tolstoy? Yeah, Count Nikolai Dmitrovich Tolstoy Miloslavsky, so as he great, prefers great, to be great, called. Great, great grandson of, the, of the, the, the famous writer. He's a very, very distant cousin of the famous writer. Ah, oh, well, there you are. <laughs> I have another comment, if you like. Oh, yeah, keep going, yes. I've spent much time in the uh, in, in the countryside in the, the constituency because it is largely a rural constituency, and the sort of comment I, I meet there is that my daughter's still living with me at home and she's nearly 30 years old. She can't get a job and therefore she can't rent anywhere. She can't get a mortgage, and yet half the houses in the village are empty. That's because they're second and third homes owned by people in London. And that means, of course, because they're not there, the pub is shut, the post office is shut, the shop is, is shut. People are angry under the surface. 
On the top, on the surface, they are deferential. Just underneath, they're angry. Ask these people about the election, whether or not they live in Whitney and vote in Whitney and what they thought of it all. Well, personally, I'm fed up with them. Hearing it on TV, I should be glad when Thursday's over. OK, that's fair enough. Do you, will you vote all the same, even though you're You must vote. Yes, well, you're of an older generation and people take their voting seriously. Yeah. Uh, will you tell us which way you vote? Must be Tory, I think. Okay, is that what you normally I vote? Vote for Brown for one. Any fool can bo- can borrow money. Any fool can can uh, sell gold cheap. I could do that. So uh, you're going to vote for David Cameron? Is he a good local MP? He's a good bloke. He's a good bloke. You know him, yeah, do you? We like him. Okay, yes, we do. We like him locally. One question you can answer me because you're an old resident. There's an ad there for Whitney blankets. Do they come from Whitney? It's never occurred to me before to ask. Well, they came from here. There were three. How many were there? You were three blanket shops. There were three blanket shops, and the last one closed in 1992. What was special about Whitney Blankets? Quality. They were all wool, and they used to go through them all before... They used to go through a centre here, didn't they, to be checked before they could sell them. And they had to be a certain good quality. And it was local wool from local sheep made in, in factories in the town. You remember this, yeah. do you? The reputation in my day for Whitney Blankets was the blanket to have. Are you a Cameron supporter? Yes. Um, is he a good local MP? I think so, yeah. Well, have you met him? Um, I have met him once, not recently, a long time ago. That was um, before he was yeah, leader. Prime Minister in waiting, before yes. he was leader. Yeah. What do you think of the prospect of your MP being the Prime Minister? Uh, I'm hopeful. Do you vote for Mr Cameron? No. No. And why don't, why don't you vote for Mr Cameron? A lot of people seem to do around uh, here. It seems quite popular. I've got any faith in him, and, and, uh, and uh, it's terrific to think of George Osborne as being Chancellor. I'm old, and I've lived through a lot of years. Who do you things. vote for normally? Uh, well, I'm normally a Labour voter. That's why you're wearing that smart red coat. Thank I've you. never thought of that. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're the Wessex Regionalist candidate, well, I'm Colin right? Bex, uh, your yeah. Wessex Regionalist candidate. Well, very you can tell you were standing because you're wearing a very beautiful green and uh, a golden Gold. spotted yeah. rosette and are carrying a large uh, flag which has got a uh, red background and a yellow dragon on it. And uh, it's a, not didn't... a dragon, it's a wyvern and it's the um, Flag Institute standard for Wessex. And the wyvern... The things you learn, eh? <laughs> the wyvern's distinct <clears throat> from the dragon because it only has two feet of which each claw has only three fingers and a thumb. So these are subtle differences in the armoury of, um, you know, special beasties. Yes, well, I wouldn't even call them subtle. To, uh, <laughs> only, to, only two feet. That's pretty important. Yes. Well, so why are you standing in Whitney? I'm standing in Whitney because, as you probably well know, the publicity we get, with the exception, of course, of your excellent newspaper, is uh, um, almost non-existent. For example, in the local press, I find I've been misreported in one paper. Sorry anyway, you've been misquoted by the vicious misquoted media. Misquoted and told wrong. Yeah, one sentence. That's what they've given me. And they've called me a Wessex nationalist. Totally untrue. Wessex regionalist. They seem to not know how to spell. All right. Now, yes. let's, let's give you a clean sheet here. Yes. If you were going to sum up your campaign... What, how would you do it? Right, the summary of this campaign, this is my sixth, to, is to stand in Whitney where the publicity should be more than it is in other constituencies for obvious reasons, is to get the, um, ch- give the chance to the Whitney constituents to vote for real change, which is to get power down from the centre to the 
parish councils who would have sovereign power to look after their own lives. So whatever goes on in Parliament, we're not going to get rid of the Westminster Parliament, doesn't damage people, which is what it's doing all over the country. You use a word like sovereign, that's a pretty serious word. When you say sovereign by the sound of it, you don't quite mean that. Well, I do, because it, sovereign power, to me, has a, carries a weight of ultimate power, and I think ultimate power for people should reside with people, not with other people. But it doesn't mean that Whitney or any of its other parishes could declare independence of Britain. That's not what you mean, is it? Absolutely not. It's simply that they would have the correct degree of control over their own lives and so that they could that would be schools and roads and hospitals and yes 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 and they don't have that at the moment david cameron talks about the big society and he talks about localism so he's come some way to meet you he's come no way to meet us it's one of their sham policies like voting for change would you ever believe voting for a conservative would be a vote for change they're voting to entrench and make worse the existing i'm voting for the small society which grows to the big society No, everyone's very friendly uh, around here. Uh, Dawn Barnes, the Liberal candidate, Lib Dem candidate, is now chatting cheerfully with Colin Becks. And outside the Delhi Cafe, uh, uh, next to Leon's son, the clothes shop with a special sale, uh, uh, there are uh, a very bizarre-looking crowd, uh, clearly candidates, and we're going to interview them once CNN, the American network, has finished. Vote for insanity. You You know know it makes sense. We shall fight them on the seas. We shall fight them on the beaches. But we shall never, never never surrender. Right, then that was dancing Ken Hanks there and his uh, associate in the campaign. Who is Mr... Are you Ken Hanks? Yes, that's right. Oh, I thought your, your colleague in the wheelchair was... Uh, was no, was no, he's a candidate for Chooksbury. I'm a candidate for Cheltenham. OK. So you, what, what are you doing passing through here if you're because not Because like our, our leader, mm. Lord Aaron Home, is standing in this constituency against Cameron, right? Yeah. And we come down today to support him. Is he here? He's right, right at the Red Lion. He's right somewhere, yeah. Yeah, he's at the Red Lion Hotel. Right what was that I heard about putting a tenor with William Hill uh, on winning oh, yeah, and getting yeah. odds on it? 250 to 1, was it? 250 to 1. Well, it's an outside chance, isn't it? Very good odds if there's an upset. There might be an upset. Well, I said to, I said to the uh, existing Member of Parliament for Cheltenham the other day, I said, somewhere, someday, an odd candidate is going to make it. And his answer to me was, but not in Cheltenham. We just feel we've got things to say and we plant seeds. Like, for instance, pubs opening all day Sunday, screaming to Lord Such advocated that 30 or 40 years. I got so he did, yes. Uh, Votes at 18. That was one of Such's as well? That was one of Such's. Passports for pets. Yes, I yeah. think you're on to something there. Yeah, I will concede, yeah. concede that point. I should say for, for listeners that Ken is wearing a bright orange uh, quilted jacket. He's on a sort of ridercock horse uh, with to a... To Banbury Cross. To Banbury Cross. <laughs> it's very near where we're standing. He's wearing a big yellow rosette, a bright purple uh, 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 neckerchief and a straw hat with a sort of plastic um, top hat attachment which is see-through and is gold inside. Oh. And it says, Dancing Ken, vote for Dancing Ken. You'll say certainly notice him uh, uh, if he came down your street. Well, I must just mention about the hat. 
the hat is made out of a, a lampshade so we can put all the other politicians in the shade. Well, we've just stumbled upon the parish church after leaving the monster raving loonies. A handsome church, needless to say, in front of a handsome green with handsome houses around it. Boy, you could be very comfortable here if you had uh, the right sort of checkbook. We're now outside Thomas Merrifield's The Estate Agent. Uh, and let's have a look. Whitney, modern, detached house, four bedrooms, 674. £5,000. Um, not as expensive as it sounds for the southeast. No paradise is perfect. The noise of that uh, military transport jet from RAF Bryce Norton made the place sound like Heathrow. But it's gone now. Right. Dawn Barnes, I've just seen you uh, talking to the other small party candidates, much smaller than the Lib Dems. Everybody seems very friendly around here. The voters are friendly, the candidates are friendly. That's true. I mean, we should be friendly. We have to work together, whatever happens. We and have you're to all going to lose, apart from David Cameron, aren't you? I, I don't know. Let's see what the voters say. I certainly like to give them a choice, and there's definite support out there. had a, a wonderful moment last night. So I was getting out of my car to get my coat to go canvassing with some colleagues, and a man stopped me and said, I know who you are. You're the Liberal Democrat candidate. Give oh, me an enormous recognition <laughs> moment. Yes. OK, what are the issues in Whitney, the issues which matter people? Bread and butter, not whether David Cameron's going to be Prime Minister or not. Um, the issues that matter are the flood risk in this area. We need new homes. We definitely don't need them built in places at risk of flooding. We need new homes that are built in character and don't destroy the various villages and towns that we have here. We need to protect our high streets and look after those. There's threats from out-of-town out of supermarkets and so on. And we need to make sure that local communities and local businesses continue to run. You've seen yourself, there's some wonderful independent shops here. And all the market towns are full of character. And to lose that would be completely heartbreaking. This podcast is nothing if not balance, and if we're in Whitney, then the least we can do is also be in Gordon Brown's constituency in Fifeshire, where Severin Carroll, our Scottish correspondent, has been taking soundings. I actually think Gordon Brown is ideal for the job because he knows what he's doing. Uh -huh. The other two, I don't have an idea. Yeah. There is one election battle this Thursday where Gordon Brown's enduring popularity could well be the critical factor in a Labour victory in Dunfermline and West Fife. This is where Gordon and Sarah Brown live, in a large detached house overlooking the Firth of Forth and some 15 miles from Brown's hometown of Kirkcaldy. And this is where the Browns will vote on Thursday. The Prime Minister and his wife signed the nomination papers for Labour's candidate Thomas Doherty. But for the last four years this has been a Liberal Democrat seat and one which Labour is desperate to win back. So I'm with Thomas Doherty, Labour candidate for Crossgates, a small working-class village to the east of Dunfermline. The key thing in this general election, the thing that we're talking about and voters talking about to us, is they're picking one or two men to be the Prime Minister. And we all know that's either going to be Gordon Brown or David Cameron. Here, particularly in Fife, people are really proud of the fact that Gordon's a local man. And what people are saying to us is that even if they'd flirted with the Liberal Democrats in the past, they are coming back to Labour, both for a... Uh, negative reason to keep Cameron out but for genuine positive reasons and that's that they want Gordon to be our local Prime Minister. How are you finding the issue about the two aircraft carriers 
is working on the doorstep. Is that having a great deal of traction? I mean, the Lib Dems have complained to, to me privately that they're quite annoyed because the Lib Dems support the aircraft carriers too, but everybody seems to think this is just a Labour-only policy. I think that uh, Mr Renning needs to go and look his own manifesto. It very clearly spells out that the Lib Dems will not guarantee the second aircraft carrier, and people are massively concerned about this. This is a huge employment issue, both in terms of people who work directly at the dockyard, but we also have the refit and refurbishment contracts for those two carriers for the next 35 years. Let's go knock us some doors. Absolutely. You always voted elections. Always voted Labour. I started for was the age 18 to And do you think your friends and neighbours, do you think you're picking yeah, up? All my family does that, uh-huh. They all vote for Labour as well. Great stuff. Yeah. Great stuff, yeah. yeah. The, the people that look good in a suit are great, but take the boy that has the brains, not the one that looks good. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I that's how Nick Clegg and all that's... Um, when I know this on the telly because they look good uh-huh. but I think they should go back above that done, done you should have well the brains the, not, not I the watched, I watched all the debates and I didn't think it did that they kept saying the same thing I'm the man to lead you know but the others to me were mere forceful A constituency which embraces the fourth bridge and Resyth naval dockyard Dunfermline and West Fife is an extension of Brown's backyard before boundary changes in 2005 Brown represented part of the seat his early political career was defined in part by his battling to defend jobs at Resyth. So the Lib Dem candidate Willie Rennie knows he has a fight on his hands, defending a slender 1,800-vote majority. Labour lost the seat to Rennie in a by-election in early 2006, when thousands of Labour voters stayed at home. Rennie is still bullish. Forget Gordon Brown. He isn't the candidate in Dunfermline and West Fife. You got all you need? No, not yet. OK, okay right. See you later, Audrey. Willie Rennie is about to start delivering Liberal Democrat newspapers in the housing estate at Resyth near the famous dockyard and naval base in what is a very, very strong Labour area. Yeah, I mean, this part of the world has changed quite a bit and there's been huge numbers of people from Edinburgh who've moved over here. Hundreds and hundreds of people who traditionally Labour, brought up in a traditional Labour family, are saying they're just fed up with the Labour Party taking them for granted and they want somebody who's going to fight for the area. Mm. You have an interesting dynamic here. You've got Nick Clegg becoming far more popular, far better known. But the difficulty you have, of course, is you've also got Gordon Brown, local resident. Some people like what he does and others don't. So I think overall it probably balances each other out. There's this whole debate and argument about the two aircraft carriers. Labour insists they will build the aircraft carriers. They claim that you guys are wavering on the second aircraft carrier. I mean, they're making it up. And it's the kind of tactics the Liberal Party have sort of stooped to now, is that they just fabricate differences between the parties. I've been the strongest advocate possible for these aircraft carriers. I mean, I fought against them being delayed by two years, which has cost jobs for the area, and actually cost the taxpayer an extra billion pounds. I fought to make sure that the aircraft carriers were going to be refitted here. You look at the submarines that they've dumped at the dockyard. The Prime Minister promised that the dockyard would not turn into a dumping ground. That was 17 years ago, and he's done nothing about it when he was in power. Severin Carroll there. Now, of course, to get to Whitney, we had to drive up the crowded M40 onto the A40, very busy roads. We intended to stop off uh, at Oxford. Why? Because it's part of the Cameron story too. Only a few miles away, uh, uh, David Cameron uh, attended Brasenose College, one of five Etonian freshers in 1985, where he was said to be both a clever student and a very well-organised one. He didn't spend all his time getting drunk at the Bullington Club, chasing girls and not doing drugs. Very well-organised student, unusually so, and a typical, pragmatic, intelligent Tory, as his professor Bernard Bogdanor said at the time. Alas, the traffic's so awful in Oxford, 
that we had to give it a miss. On our way back to London from Whitney, we chose to swing south down the A34, then take a narrow road off it, getting narrower and narrower. Where were we going? Going to Peasmore, where David Cameron grew up, the second son of uh, Ian Cameron, um, stockbroker, as his father and his father before that had been. It's a lovely West Berkshire village. I'm standing outside the uh, village hall, looking at the parish council notices. There is a thatched cottage just to my right. Uh, nobody on the street. You don't see people on the street behind the high hedges and high walls of exclusive little villages like this. But real life goes on. Graham Talbot uh, demonstrating how to grow vegetables on Wednesdays. There's a quiz night uh, in support of the Peasmore Village Cricket Club. Uh, the Blueberry Brass Band Contest is due in a couple of weeks' time, and there are Pilates classes and personal training, all the usual stuff. And who is the chairman of the parish council? Why, David Cameron's brother, Alex. Not a countryman. Entirely, he's a prominent uh, barrister in London, but uh, it's only an hour or so away down the M4. Good train services from nearby Hungerford and Newbury. Pretty good life if you can uh, live it. And the Cameron family's been here a long time. Uh, both uh, uh, David Cameron's parents, uh, his mother a former magistrate, his father a former a parish councillor too, they still live here behind one of these high walls. And of course the big news from London seems far away, but it isn't, is that Ed Balls and Peter Hayne have openly urged uh, Lib Dems uh, to vote with their heads, not with their hearts, in seats where uh, a Lib Dem vote might let in the Tories against Labour. Uh, David Cameron has called that pretty desperate stuff, so has Paddy Ashdown. Betty Boothroyd, the former Speaker, what on earth is she doing interfering in elections, Labour MP for many years, uh, said no, vote with your uh, heart, not with ahead. So this is a very fluid uh, election campaign. Everybody getting their three haper thin at the, uh, uh, at the end of it as we close in on election day. Well, it ain't over till it's over, so John Dennis has been to Streatham in South London to check out a few undecideds. I'm in Streatham, a former Labour heartland, but now targeted as a winnable seat by the Lib Dems. Nick Clegg visited yesterday, Gordon Brown on Sunday. Let's find out whether voters have made up their minds. Either Conservative or Lib Dem. OK, not Labour? No, I used to vote for Labour. Labour was my party that I always vote for, but I think I'm going to change my mind now. <laughs> my BNP might be green. Well, you're not really going to vote BMP, are you? I could do. <laughs> you could do, yeah. But um, seriously, have you, have you made up your mind? Yeah, one of the smaller parties. Have you decided which way you're going to vote yet? No, I'm not. You're not. You haven't decided, or you're not decided yet. <laughs> What's going to make up your mind? Just see what they're doing and what they're saying and what they're going to do for people and the country as well. So. I'll make up my mind after that, yeah. OK, you've only got two days to make, make it up, though, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to leave it until you get into the polling booth, do you no, think? No, I'm not, I'm not. I will do it as soon as possible, yeah. It's either Lib Dems or Labour I'll vote for. What's going to sort of decide it for you? Depends on the speeches, really. That's yeah. about it, really. I'm thinking um, I'm going to stay with Labour. Uh, it takes me a couple more days to make up my mind. Well, who have you voted for in the past? Mm, I think it was Labour, yeah. You might not vote for Labour this time. I think I will. Yeah. Are you going to vote? <laughs> no, I'm not, no. You're not going to vote? No. What, what is that? 
I, to be honest with you, I, I, I think they're all crooked. I'd like to vote myself. I wish I was a Prime Minister. I saw it right out. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to vote for Labour. Well, I don't like Conservatives. And Liberal Democrats, they won't do anything better for this country. So Labour's all right. Yeah, I'm going to vote Labour. Well, I've always voted Labour. Uh, even though they haven't been great the last few years, I've, the Cameron scares me. Yeah. Uh, I'd quite like a hung Parliament, to be honest. Yeah. I like Labour, no matter how they are. <laughs> I just like them. Do you know which way you're going to vote yet? Mm, no, I'm still undecisive. But are you going to vote on Thursday? I definitely will. Yeah, and so what, what's going to decide it for you between now and then? Defeat my children, because I've got young three- and five-year-olds, so... I have to say which way is the best for families. And do you think you'll you'll find it hard to make up your mind this time? Yeah, I've been catching as much as the debates as I could, but it's still, I still think they're as bad as each other. Have you narrowed it down to you know two parties yet? Yes, um, Labour and the Conservatives. Yeah. What about the Lib Dems? You're not tempted by them? Not at all. <laughs> do you think you know which way you're going to go? I've got an idea, but I'm still, I'm still considering it. I'm still pondering over it. Are you going to vote? Uh, yeah, I will, but I don't know yet who yet. Uh, what's going to decide it for you? Whatever they can offer me. Yeah. <laughs> As a working class mum, single mum, you name it, that's it. I might even turn some intelligent and put Green Party, who I know ain't going to get in. For this borough, Lambeth, Lib Dem, for the general election, Conservative. So I'm going with the flow to get rid of Gordon at all costs. Uh, I came into this country when Conservative was in power. And, and since Labour, since Tony Blair took over, uh, a, a, lot, a lot of changes, a lot of flexible for working families, you, you name it. Thank my regards to all of them, especially Michael, is it Michael Wash? My, Michael White. Mike White, yeah, say hello, my regards to him. Do you like, you. Why do you like Michael White? It's fair. It's good. It, it's, it don't take nonsense. Okay. It's That's a bit good. like Andrew Nail. <laughs> John Dennis there. And here in Peasmore, we're now sitting on a beautifully carved bench. It says it's presented by Jeff Jacobs, who died in 2006 and was, I quote, the Peasmore poet who loved this village. Uh, we're heading, heading back to London now. If we had more time, we'd drop by at Eton. Not very far away, just off the M4, close to uh, Windsor Castle, uh, where David Cameron spent his uh, formative years before going up to Oxford. And you're struck visiting the important scenes of David Cameron's life. Peasmore, Eton, up to Oxford, down to London to work for Norma Lamont uh, in the Treasury and then to work for Carlton Television. Now, back up through Oxford uh, to uh, Whitney as the local MP. Uh, what a fortunate, privileged world he's grown up in. His parents, so we're told, taught him and his brothers and sisters to realise this, to know that they were exceptionally lucky. And Cameron uh, has suffered misfortunes like everyone else. But to use his own expression in speeches from time to time, I wish everybody could have had the same education and the same good fortune that I've had. Well, uh, I'm sure he means it, but it's a pretty tall order. What we've seen today is faultlessly beautiful, almost a parody of southern English upper-middle-class life, a life of uh, great privilege, uh, which, let's hope, if David Cameron's going to become Prime Minister by the end of the week, has given him some insights, not only into his old wor own world, but into the world of less fortunate people, which is most of us. This is Michael White signing off for The Guardian's daily election podcast. Tomorrow's programme will be a panel discussion in London on the eve of poll. Hope you'll join us.